0: This AutoConverse podcast is brought to you in part by Acorns. Grow your oak. Acorns helps you grow your money. In under five minutes, get investment accounts for you and your family, plus retirement, checking, ways to earn more money, and grow your knowledge. Take control with all-in-one investment, retirement, checking, and more. Just one dollar, $3 or $5 a month. Find out more by going to autoconverse.com slash acorns. That's www.autoconverse.com forward slash acorns. From acorns, mighty oaks do grow.
1: Thinking about it like war is a little dramatic, but... If you think about it like sports, right? You want to be on your home turf. You want the home turf advantage, and the best way to do that is by leveraging online. Leverage the internet. Be at home, be comfortable, look at the terms and conditions on your own turf. And then, once everything is agreeable, that's when you go in sign and drive. At that point, you should have the same experience that you had with Enterprise, or you should be there for maybe an hour, hour and 15 minutes depending on Uh, how long it takes you to get into the F&I office if they had a client ahead of you or not. But let's say you have an appointment set, you should be in and out in no time.
0: That was automotive education specialist Kelly Saunders talking about the idea of doing as much of your research from home as possible when shopping for a new car. Ms. Saunders assists car buyers with the process and suggests approaching car shopping like sports. It's best to be on your home turf which is good advice considering how car shopping is expected to forever change as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic. GM CEO Mary Barra told reporters in a conference call this week, we'll never get back to the level of inventories that we held pre-pandemic because we've learned we can be much more efficient. According to Chief Financial Officer Paul Jacobson, internal GM data showed that the average vehicle transaction prices grew 9% overall, including 10% for pickups and over 20% for large SUVs. Barra concluded, it's better for the car company, it's better for the dealer. But notably, she left out the shopper. According to Cox Automotive, inventory levels were down approximately 25% year over year at the start of April and have fallen even lower since. And you can see that when you drive by your local dealership in the parking lots. So what else do U.S. consumers have to look forward to in this new era of owning nothing and being happy about it? Well, stick around and find out. From AutoBurst Media, this is AutoConverse. Hey, we got a good show lined up for you today. Oh, well, I'm a game of throwing nuts, so that's, that's,
2: that's my jam. The
0: robots are listening. The robots are listening. All right, and welcome to this episode of the Autoconverse podcast, where we explore people, ideas, and technologies that influence how we are connected and the way we get around. I am Ryan Girardi. Great, as always, to be here with you. As I was asking in the beginning, what do U.S. consumers have to look forward to these days? Well, it's not the economy. U.S. oil prices did drop below $100 a barrel this week for the first time since May, accelerating their decline over much of the past month. And while that's certainly a hopeful sign for gas prices, it also shows that investors are betting the economy is going to experience a bumpy landing on its way down from its inflationary heights. Now, as oil prices have slid from their peak, so have prices at the pump. Retail gasoline prices have now fallen for 21 straight days, which is the longest streak of daily decline since the lockdowns in April of 2020. The average US gas price right now is $4.80. At those levels, well, you still want to cry every time you see the needle hovering near E on your dashboard, but prices have cooled from a peak of more than five dollars per gallon. Why is this happening? Well, it all comes back to the Fed, and its heavyweight fight to bring inflation back from 40-year highs the central bank is hiking interest rates to cool off the economy. Investors are betting that demand for fuel from individuals and companies alike is going to drop relative to supply, which to date hasn't dropped off like many have predicted due to the war in Ukraine. Citigroup is perhaps the most bearish of all. Yesterday, the bank predicted that oil prices could fall as low as $65 a barrel in the event of a recession. Oil is just one of many commodities that has hit the downhill over the past several months after skyrocketing in price, suggesting that the Fed's actions to combat inflation could be working. Wheat, corn, soybeans have all now fallen below their prices at the end of March. Copper, the metal that's seen as the best gauge of economic activity because it's used in many different types of products, has dropped to a 17-month low over recession concerns. It's on the brink of a bear market, and every recession of the last 30 years has followed a bear market in copper. The bottom line, according to Morning Brew, the cooling commodities market could be telling us two things. Inflation may be on the way down, and two, the economy may soon hit a rough patch. All right, before we go down the rabbit hole of the economy, how about some headlines? Tesla's Chinese division announced that the Tesla supercharging network has reached 35,000 individual stalls. The Jubilee unit was installed on June 10th at the Dengju Tesla Center in Wuhan, China. Considering that Tesla deployed over 33,650 stalls and over 3,700 stations globally as of the end of Q1 2022, this means that an additional 1,300 plus units were installed so far this quarter. Tesla is also urging Powerwall owners in Texas to help demonstrate how a fleet of home battery systems can be used to help stabilize the state's grid. Texas's grid has gained notoriety due to challenges it faces from weather, such as extreme heat to winter snow and ice storms. Tesla has filed a request for a rule change with the Electric Council of Texas, which should pave the way for utilities to bid on capacity stored in battery storage systems. Tesla has assured participating homeowners that their batteries would not be discharged below 20% of their capacity, this should allow homeowners to still have enough backup energy in case they need them from their homes. Tesla, however, has also noted that it would be charging and discharging powerwalls at any time to any extent as needed. General Motors notes that as autonomous vehicles proliferate, people may still be hesitant to ride in them. A self-driving car that causes motion sickness probably won't make the best first impression. And to that end, GM outlined a system of lights and images that visually represent the forces of acceleration, braking, and cornering. That could take the form of an image of the vehicle on the screen or changing color or light patterns. Alternatively, a sound system or haptic feedback could be used to provide a similar effect. This not only helps align a person's sensory perception with the forces acting on their body, addressing the cause of motion sickness, but also build trust by providing more information about what the vehicle is doing. And Uber Eats is launching two autonomous delivery pilots in Los Angeles with Serve Robotics, a robotic sidewalk delivery startup, and Motional, an autonomous vehicle technology company. Customers residing within one of the two geofence test zones will see an option at checkout to have their food delivered by an autonomous vehicle. If they opt in, the customer can track the food they normally would, and when it arrives, they'll get a notification to meet the AV outside. Customers will get a passcode on their phone that will allow them to unlock the vehicle and grab the food, whether the meal is one of Serve's cooler like robots or the backseat of one of Motional's cars. And as for non-tech news, here's a stat. A new Monmouth poll asked Americans about the biggest concern facing their family. The number one answer? By a mile, you guessed it, inflation at 33%. Plus, inflation-related topics like gas prices, the economy, bills, and groceries round out the top four. Other notable responses? Safety and crime, 2%. Climate change and the environment, 1%. Civil rights, 1%. one percent. I guess that leads to the question, if crime and safety and climate change, the environment, civil rights, and COVID are of such little concern for Americans, why then is the federal government making these things the priority over inflation and energy prices? Or maybe more importantly, why is the Biden administration quietly shipping U.S. oil reserves to China?
3: Coming up. The back in the day human beings. You know, there's something called survival mode. And let's say, years and years ago, when our life depended on certain things, we'd get a negative thought or a fearful thought, and it would actually keep us alive. Now, this is back in the day. We, We go, these negative things can actually cause us to go into survival mode. They can
4: actually save our life. Hey dad, are you still looking for a car? Did you know that when you click on car ads, dealers pay for every click? But shouldn't you get paid? After all, you're the one clicking. That's why I use Ask Auto. With Ask Auto, you build rewards as you shop. Plus, Ask Auto recommends exclusive offers based on your needs. You can ask questions on cars you like and still protect your personal information. You can even set your price. Who knew car shopping could be so easy and rewarding? Ask Auto, fast, fun, and rewarding car shopping.
3: familiar with the velcro and teflon effect i'm here to break it down with you for a few minutes okay velcro does what velcro sticks together right you get velcro pieces and stick it on fabric or whatever it sticks it sticks it sticks and then you got teflon slides off it just seems that negative things stick together stick in our minds and our hearts doesn't it though and all of a sudden it sticks and then another thing sticks Another, thing, next thing you know it I'm not in a good place. You're not in a good place. That's, that's the Velcro. And doesn't it seem like sometimes we could like, I don't know, someone encourage us, someone give us a compliment and, and, and it's not long. Like it doesn't stick too much. It can just slide right off like Teflon and be replaced with something negative that sticks to us like Velcro. The back in the day, human beings, you know, there's something called survival mode. And let's say years and years ago, when our life depended on certain things, okay, we'd get a negative thought or a fearful thought and it would actually keep us alive. Now, this is back in the day. We, We go, these negative things can actually cause us to go into survival mode. They can actually save our life. But see, how many of us have people chasing us down for our life today, day in and day out? We don't. We don't. We are not meant to just survive. We're a chemicals released in our body to keep us alive. We are actually meant to thrive. So in a sense, we wanna take the negative Velcro, right? That's there, meant there for a survival mechanism. And we wanna help retrain our brains to think more positively. (laughs)
0: That was Inside Out Leadership mentor Rob Holman during the wellness mindset segment of B2B Hour on auto conversion. Rob is an internationally recognized leadership expert, executive coach, podcast host, keynote speaker, and best-selling author. He has a heart for authentic relationships and a true talent for equipping people with the skills and knowledge necessary for their success. Visit Rob on the web by going to www.RobHolman.com. That's R-O-B-B-H-O-L-M-A-N.com. You heard me ask the question, why is the Biden administration quietly shipping U.S. oil reserves to China? Well, here is President Biden informing us that his administration will be tapping into U.S. oil reserves to help bring down the cost of gasoline.
2: Today... I want to talk about one aspect of Putin's war that affects and has real effects on American people. Putin's price hike that Americans and our allies are feeling at the pump. I know how much it hurts. Our prices are rising because of Putin's action. There isn't enough supply. And the bottom line is if we want lower gas prices, we need to have more oil supply right now. Today, I'm authorizing the release of 1 million barrels per day for the next six months, over 180 million barrels for the strategic, from, the, from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. This is a wartime bridge to increase oil supply until production ramps up later this year. And it is by far the largest release of our, net, our National Reserve in our history.
0: According to Reuters, the news agency, the Biden administration is taking some of the oil reserves, again, 5 million barrels, From our emergency reserves and sending them overseas to the Netherlands, a refinery in India and wait for it, China. Yes, the Biden administration is sending U.S. emergency oil reserves to China, who is also who happens to also be buying oil from Russia. Now, this is according to Reuters. No one seems to be talking about it, but why on earth are we sending oil reserves to China? And where's the money going for these 5 million barrels that are being shipped overseas? Nobody seems to know, including White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre, who says, quote unquote, I haven't seen the report. I would honestly have to go and look at it and see what the truth is. I don't know. I haven't seen it. I have not seen the report. Well, why not? You know this is big. You knew this was coming. You didn't see it because you don't want to see it. And this is something we're seeing consistently from the administration is complete denial of activities that people know are going on. Obviously, this is something we need to keep an eye out for. I think it's pretty serious and hopefully we'll get some more information soon. All right, let's take a quick commercial break. After that, we will have a listen to part of my discussion with Brandi Koloski, Michelle Dillard, and Kelly Saunders from back in March during International Women's Month. The three ladies were on the Mobility Tech and Connectivity Show with me, talking about the automotive acquisition experience, or better known as the car shopping experience. You are listening to the AutoConverse Podcast, where we explore people, ideas, and technologies that influence how we are connected and the way we get around. Today's episode is brought to you in part by SmartPixel by M1 Data and Analytics. SmartPixel turns your anonymous website visitors into fully identified first-party consumer data. When this match and identification takes place, SmartPixel can return up to 300 attributes on the consumer. SmartPixel, real-time information about your website visitors, easy to install, and fully GDPR and CCPA compliant. Find out more by going to autoconverse.com forward slash smartpixel. That's www.autoconverse.com forward slash S-M-A-R-T-P-I-X-L. Uh, women in science, technology, engineering, and math. Uh, the acronym for that would be STEM, S-T-E-M. It's often framed as a burgeoning field, but the fact is women have been making a huge impact in these fields for generations. And so to celebrate National Women's Month, we're actually highlighting just a few of these women who helped shape the tech world and are guiding its future. Ada Lovelace was the daughter of the famous poet Lord Byron, and though he was not active in her life, was raised primarily by her maternal grandparents but Ada became interested in math at a young age and her connections uh with the Victorian elite led her uh to the introduction of Charles Babbage in 1883 now that m- name may or may not be familiar Babbage is known for working on his analytical engine keep in mind this is 1833 so this is a machine that resembled uh, and often referred to as the first modern computer uh and uh, that's a neat little uh, historical fact there. Now, Lovelace worked with Babbage to develop his machine, and then more importantly, to explain it to the British scientific community. So her notes and work on the project led her to being referred to as the world's first computer programmer. You know, we often think computer programmers are mostly men, but uh, and I don't have statistics, but apparently... Uh, That is one field where women have uh, become prominent over the past few decades is in computer programming. So Ada Lovelace. Uh, Next on the list is Radia Perlman. She is best known for inventing the algorithm behind the Spanning Tree Protocol, or STP. And this was pivotal in the development of the modern Internet on to create several other networking protocols which have further helped to shape and influence our modern day internet and Perlman continues working with internet protocols and security with Dell EMC and finally we have uh, and I don't, I don't know if I'm going to say this right Livia Cebellini. and she's uh, often dubbed as the female Elon Musk but I don't know if that's a compliment uh, she's the founder of Energica Motor Company, and that's based in the Italian Motor Valley, which is home to automotive greats that you're familiar with, such as Lamborghini and Ferrari and Ducati and Maserati. So Energica manufactures high-performance electric motorcycles, and is out is outspoken about the challenges she has faced as a woman in such a male-dominated interest industry, which we hear quite often. Now, at college, Cebellini said her professors didn't expect much from the women in class, and she used those low expectations as motivation to deliver her best efforts upon graduation. She was in the top of her class, and now as CEO of Energica, Cebellini has not only helped to shape the future of EVs, she was named a board member Advisor for Ride Vision, an Israeli startup that uses AI to warn motorcyclists about potential threats in real time. Michelle, I'd like to go to you because you're going to be our what I call our consumer advocate. When is the last time you purchased a car for yourself or were part of the purchase for somebody? Has it been recently?
4: Oh, very, very interesting question. But I, first I wanted to say kudos to both of my sisters doing great things in the community and and just coming from a place where women spend most of their time being oppressed. And, and now that we have some of the same freedoms that uh, men have, it's just so wonderful and, and enlightening to see women doing great and new things. So kudos to Kelly and Brandy. But to answer your question, honestly, the last time I purchased a car was in 2012, believe it or not. Mm -hmm. And I purchased it from Enterprise rental car. They have Enterprise rental sales. It was a Toyota Camry. And I still have that car. It's paid off. It's still going strong. And I think I only have like 130,000 miles on it or something like that. But did you, it's my, did you, did you it, buy it
0: new or used?
4: Um, it was slightly, it was slightly used. You know, when you go through the rental car, uh, through Enterprise rental car. And when I purchased it, I think it had like probably about 20,000 miles on it or something like that. And now it's about one hundred and thirty thirty thousand. And yeah, it has served me well. And I have no intentions in buying another one anytime soon. Uh,
0: so, so we got to, we have to, this is why I asked the question 2012 is 10 years ago. Michelle, you would have, you, you may have no idea how much the auto industry at the retail level has transformed in 10 years, Kelly Brandy. You guys probably do. Um, I mean, it is like, that is like 10 years ago is this, this industry changes like every, every two to three years pretty drastically the car buying process. Um, so were you when the process you went through, they're still trying to make it more efficient, make it more digital, make it more remote. You know, COVID, the pandemic kind of accelerated a lot of these things. And now you have companies like Carvana, which I'm sure you've heard of, that are really pushing the envelope on how to get cars, not just to consumers, but from consumers as well. Uh, So yeah, the next time you go to buy a car and like you said, you're not, you're not in the market now, but the next time you go, maybe in the next two to three years, you know, Plensy is probably going to, you know, be taken over the world at that point. You'll probably do your financing on blockchain at that point. Um, But uh, yeah, so let's unwrap that a little bit. Um, You bought it from Enterprise. And why Enterprise? Like. Do you remember the process you went through that led you to that car at Enterprise?
4: Well, actually someone had recommended that I go that route because it was because it was a no it's no hassle and uh you can get it for a good price. And they were absolutely right. Actually, it happened so quickly. I I'm like, that's it. I mean, I went in there, found the car, took the car out, I wanted And um, I think we were done processing the whole deal in probably less than an hour. And I was just so shocked. I just thought, you know, to do this long process. And uh, yeah, I was able to drive off my new car. It normally takes like three to six hours, Kelly. Yeah, and it did it. And I was, yeah, yeah. but yeah, anyway, the process went really, I guess because we were communicating beforehand over the phone and everything. I felt the process went very, very quickly. Like I said, it just kind of shocked me and I still like my car. My car has never ever been in the shop except one time because some nut came up long way street, um, it was my street, and my car was sitting in front of my house, and they, I don't know if they were drunk or what, but they slammed into my car, nice. and um, it had to be prepared, but other than that, uh, repaired, other than that, my car has never been in the shop, I haven't had any problems, it runs well, like I said, only 130,000 miles, so, um, but maybe a couple of years down the line, I may be interested, but right now, I am happy with my Toyota Camry. Yeah.
0: So. Let's go into there a little bit. You said the transaction at the store, at the, at the, at the dealership was less than an hour, but leading up to getting there, you, I heard you say you were on the phone. So, and I know it's 10 years ago, so it's hard, it's hard to truly remember the details, but do, do you remember searching on the web and looking at cars on the web? Do you remember doing that?
4: Yeah, you know, before I made the decision to go that route that I went, yeah, I was I was looking around. I even went to some other car dealerships just to kind of look around. And um, when I came across that information about, you know, the hassle-free uh, process of purchasing a car, no haggling or whatever, and the price seemed right. And um, that's the reason I decided to go that other route with uh, my friend. Ten
0: years ago looking at cars on the web was more was more mainstream and now like you guys i just you you saw me play that ask auto ad uh that's good that's transforming shopping because when you nowadays and and even back 10 years ago michelle you were required to go to the web and search and find and seek and when you don't know cars and all the the nuances of cars that is a very extremely overwhelming experience well you know google is google has always been in the business of being a search engine and trying to direct you to information and so conventionally google wants to send you to websites but google's trying to get rid of that too google's trying to put all the all transaction experience without sending you somewhere. They're trying to keep you on Google, which means businesses such as dealers have to get their product up into the Google sphere to, you know, to be merchandised, right? What ask auto does is it comes to you and says, Hey, answer some questions for us. So we, we know, you know what it is that that's going to be the best products for you. And then as these products, I'm speaking of cars in this case, uh be, you know become available in our network and they match your preferences and and your buying tendencies they're going to send these vehicles to you so you don't have to go look for them and that alone doesn't exist i mean that is brand new right now is mm-hmm. getting instead of forcing you to go get the cars it's it's have them come to you Brandy you mentioned the the, the debt three point three million data points yours is based off of you know the the feasibility or reliability of of giving someone a loan, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, eventually you need-
4: you'll be able to, eventually you'll be able to go. It'll be word of mouth will have spread, and when you you won't need to go to the dealership first to to make your buying decision and to be approved, you'll, you'll just do it right through our app. Yeah, and, and you'll then,
0: probably bring the cars to uh, we to, have the, it, to the buyer. probably
4: like phase later five, but you would be able to pick up your vehicle with it. And, uh, and then 20 minutes like of getting there and leaving. Yeah. yeah. Just, just arrive with a digital check from us. And that, that
0: process now exists like with credit unions. It's not uncommon to go secure financing, not just with a credit union, but with the bank. And then the, the lender says, Hey, here's, here's cars from dealers in our network that, you know, that you're already pre-approved for.
4: Yeah. Mm-hmm. The
0: cars themselves aren't necessarily going to be uh, they're not necessarily going to match your preferences as the buyer, but the right. other than other than the the financing aspect of it.
4: Right. Exactly.
0: Kelly uh, bumped off. She was in her car in New York, so she might've lost internet wrapping up. So we might not get to say goodbye to Kelly, but if she pops up here last minute. So yeah, Michelle, you're not, you're not ready to go get a new car. When you think about, you had a good experience. I don't know how much time you spent on the phone. Do you, do, was it days or was it just two mm-hmm. or three phone calls?
4: Two or three phone calls. But then, of course, you know, I did the old-fashioned way. You, you go to the different dealerships and you test drive different cars and see what, their, what type of interest rate they're, they're offering and talking about. And I just like what enterprise had to offer that no haggle, no hassle-free uh, selling. And um, the price was, you know, in line with what I was wanting to pay. And um, it worked. It, it worked.
0: Yeah. And the, the whole no haggle thing is – here's Kelly. She's back. Hey, Kelly. Glad you made it back. We're about to wrap up. Uh, the, the no haggle thing is definitely going away you know dealers over these past years have have you know just come down to single pricing there's it's not absolute but that's and that seems to be the way carvan is really setting that that precedent
4: in a lot of ways in a lot of I ways think too in line for kelly sure. if it's a, okay so kelly when you're selling cars or when you're dealing with a con- consumer you mentioned that huh? you it's- um, that particular consumer in purchasing their car. So do you do the finessing and haggling for them or how does it work?
1: Not the finessing and haggling. Oh, man.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> but yes, I do. Um, because what most consumers don't do is pull out their calculator and do math right? And so they see these nine retail payment options or six lease options put in front of them on a piece of paper. And the person across the the desk says, all right, Mr. Customer, based on the vehicle that you selected, here's your retail payment or lease payment options. Circle which one works best for you and your family and go ahead and sign the line below. Nobody really pulls out their calculator and does the math to see how far off the difference between their out-the-door number and the math after you paid for 60 months or 72 months, or after you've been in a lease for 36 months or what have you, what that really adds up to, to see if you're being a victim of payment packing or if you're at a transparent dealer, because there are still some transparent dealers out there. Um, So that's my job. I do the math and make sure that the numbers make sense, make sure that the dollars make sense. And so then, yes, if it doesn't make sense, I absolutely negotiate all of that. Um, And I don't do it on the dealership level. And I don't expect my clients to. The way I coach and the way I talk to my clients is, hey, listen, do as much as you can from home. Thinking about it like war is a little dramatic. But if you think about it like sports, right, you want to be on your home turf, you want the home turf advantage. And the best way to do that is by leveraging online. Leverage the internet be at home, be comfortable, look at the terms and conditions on your own turf. And then once everything is agreeable, that's when you go in, sign and drive. At that point, you should have the same experience that you had with Enterprise, or you should be there for maybe an hour, hour and 15 minutes, depending on uh, how long it takes you to get into the F&I office, if they had a client ahead of you or not. But let's say you have an appointment set, you should be in and out in no time.
0: You know, on that note, right now, I think statistically the uh, consumer visits fewer than two dealerships on average to to buy their carts. like 1.2 or 1.5 is what it averages out to 10 years ago michelle that was probably somewhere between four and six visits to give you an idea May, okay. probably probably more like four four or five uh pre-internet i think it was like what 10 to 12 dealers it might not be that high but it was a lot like because that's the only way you'd you'd look at ads you know magazines and then you'd go dealer dealer to dealer and that's just how the process worked the internet broke all that and made forced dealers to be trans more transparent to, to remain competitive and now i think that Pricing wise, I, what you bring up is really key, Kelly. It's the financing. It's not the price of the car that matters anymore. They focus on payments and how much they're going to make on the back end. I mean, you could end up spending ten to twelve grand just on fees and interests and whatnot on top of your twenty-five, thirty thousand dollar purchase. So now it's all about the experience. It is all about the experience, and that experience is a hybrid of technology. And, and data and the human touch too. You know, um, most car, I don't think most car buyers don't want a human involved in the process. Now there's Correct. a market for that. And Carvana is going after that market, but that could be about, a, that could only be 15% of the market for all, you know, maybe 20. That will change over time as, as dealers and the Carvanas get better at, at that but frightening to not have human involvement at all in the process uh this is a great subject you guys ladies you're all doing just awesome things uh we are out of time today so i just want to say thank you for taking the time to be here and and uh sharing your stories with us thank Thank you you for
4: having me i appreciate it it was lovely meeting you ladies i was was meeting you. you as well Awesome.
0: Well, you guys get connected i'll I'll be sure to connect all of you. Um, I know Kelly and Michelle, thank you for inviting Kelly up here and Kelly, thank you for being here. All right, that is a wrap. Thanks again for tuning in to this episode of the Auto Converse podcast. Remember to text the keyword autoconverse to eight five five seven six six. 7585 we'll send you a link to get subscribed to our YouTube channel and that way you can be notified every time we publish new videos and schedule our show once a month uh, which live streams on our YouTube channel which by the way definitely worth hitting uh, you need the link to review to view the replays because once the live stream ends we unlist those videos I am Ryan Girardi we'll be back here next week and if you are a doge holder Here we go. To the moon. See you soon. burst media